is uh is that song um the bloodhound gang the bad touch is that the douchiest song ever written probably not really i mean you think has, there may be a douchier song than that i have to believe there is <clears throat> i have to believe there Can is you think of one off the top of your head uh think of any other douchey song i think barbie world is probably kind of that's the pretty first douchey. thing i thought of <laughs> it actually is that one's pretty that's incredible pretty gross don't like that one um, a lot of 90s songs i feel yeah yeah it was full of that 90s was pretty douchey it's full of that attitude it was full of that attitude but was also kind of misconstrued as like that's what's funny mm-hmm. you know like if you watch that video for the bloodhound gang um you know all the stuff that they're doing was fucking hysterical Ooh, i got one 90s yeah ba with a ba yeah yeah that's oh, man that's a good one yeah kid rock uh-huh just period like his whole his whole entire stick yeah. yeah he's he's a douchebag lynn biscuit has to be in there somewhere for sure for sure uh man hmm, those are good yeah those are good yeah I'm telling so you. i think uh, yeah it was definitely the the 90s were yeah. just filled with it a lot of hair metal from the 80s probably yeah but see i'm thinking i'm thinking more along the lines of like like grossly misogynistic mm. you know and oh and like sweet cherry pie <laughs> mm. i don't i don't know that still seems like I don't know. I'd have to look up the lyrics, <laughs> to be honest with you. The chorus doesn't seem that bad. Mm-hmm. She's my cherry pie. Like, mm. he's talking about a chick that he's, like, at least fucking at the time. Yeah. I hope. <laughs> Probably. I th- like, like, the Bloodhound Gang song, if you, if, you, if you keep the video in mind and then with the lyrics that they're talking about, like, he's trying to convince her to mm-hmm. fuck him, right? Yeah, because the chorus is "You and me, baby, we ain't nothing but mammals." So let's do it like they do it. Because he, he's trying to convince yeah, her. Yeah, right, fuck. right. That's that's a plea, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. It's a, it, and it's a it's like a, a the gross like he's on his knees like come on, uh-huh. let's do it like they do like like let's do it like animals. Come yeah. on, let's just fucking fuck, babe. Let's fuck. Oh fuck yeah. Let's just fucking fuck. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Frankie was like, what? The fuck? I am not okay with this. I am uncomfortable. Trademark, uh, Taladi and Katie. Yeah, yeah. All of right, course. guy. <clears throat> Let's fucking do this shit. Uh huh. Okay. My name is Marco Dupa. You sure? Yes. Okay. Positive. And my esteemed co-host, Adam Obesius Rodriguez. Hello, internet. Tonight's brew is from the Wirebacher Brewing Company. Weyerbacher. It is the Sunday morning stout. It is a stout aged in bourbon barrels with coffee. It is 12.7 ABV. We've had quite a few uh, stouts that are aged in bourbon barrels, and so we've become quite fond of the style. Oh, yes, yes. And this is just another one in the long line of bourbon barrel aged stouts. So let's get into it. We're going to have a good time tonight, ladies and gentlemen. This is the One Baron Podcast. Yeah. Lost to be found. 
Tom's water all prime. That's that's pretty well, but it, the message of it though is not right. It's not yeah no yeah, but the style, the, the song itself, and Creed and uh, that fucking guy. What's his name? Uh, Stapp. Scott Stapp. Scott Stapp. Yes. The thing about douchey songs of the 90s is they're all pretty fucking catchy, though. Yeah. 90s was, I don't want to say best necessarily, but one of the best decades for catchy music. Mm-hmm. Pop music. Yeah. Well, this is the One Bear Podcast, ladies and gentlemen, where we shoot the shit, we crack open some brews, and we see where one beer in takes us. Ooh. Yeah, baby. It smells good, right? It does. It smells strong. Mm-hmm. Well, it is 12.7, so let's rock and roll. Mm. Oh. Whoa. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I taste the bourbon. Review in the end. Mm. But yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that pretty much goes for every everything from the 90s. Not everything from the 90s. Every single thing. All of A lot of the pop music. Mm-hmm. From like ninety seven to two thousand ten, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'd say two thousand five. Yeah, I, w- I would agree. Two thousand five. There, I feel like there was a so big. Let's just say that mid decade of ninety five to two thousand five. Yeah, that's probably good. Probably not the best era of music. Oh. Which obviously, there's always smatterings. Of You're course. always going to get yeah, great there's, music there's, every year. Yeah, so there, but there's some. Uh, some classics in there yes of course of course i mean especially in that 95 to 99 uh-huh. i mean well, a golden era of hip-hop yeah i mean you could just you could just run off the list of them yeah i just got a, a bunch of them jumbling around in my mm-hmm. head now so uh but yeah the pop songs though mm-hmm. when did the blood when did the bad touch come out let's look that up you want to make a guess mm-hmm. yeah let's let's make a guess okay uh I would say 97. Oh, man. Got me 90? on the money, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and in that case, I'll give it a 98. 99. Oh, Came out in 99. Look at Music that. video uh, performed Bad Touch, 1999. They were signed to Interscope. That Those was fucking labels were fucking... They were signing everybody. everybody. They didn't give a single solitary fuck. Hey, they probably made a lot of money off that single. Oh, yeah. Hell, this yeah. This was back in the day when they used to sell singles. Well, think about this. This video was, let's see, it was uploaded in 2009, so pretty early, actually. Mm-hmm. But it has 253 million views. They're still making money off of it. Yeah. 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 I wonder if they're making any money off of it. It's uh, almost got a million likes to 60,000 dislikes. I don't know if they get a cut from the YouTube monies. No, I think that might just go don't. strictly to the... Uh, the big wigs. Yeah, it's probably going right to the label. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As it usually does. You know. Jimmy Iovine's just like <laughs> sitting, at his, <laughs> just sitting at his desk like with his uh, like like gold-plated uh, envelope opener. Mm-hmm. It's just slicing them open. And, oh, another royalty check from the mm-hmm. Bloodhound gang. Just throws it in the garbage. <laughs> doesn't even need it. Throws it in a fire. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> throws it right how, in the fire. keeps himself warm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Puts in a paper shredder for fun. I want to know how they even got discovered. I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to harp on the Bloodhound Gang. But I'm just... <laughs> this, episode, this episode brought to you by I mean, the Bloodhound I, Gang. I'm just really curious about 
bands like that, bands and groups like that. Like I know that it like was one hit wonders. Yeah, one hit wonders, but not. I mean, they were one hit wonders because they had the hit. But like, how did they get there to begin with? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like what? What made Interscope? Because they couldn't have like some dude couldn't have heard that. I mean, the bad touch is really catchy. Yeah, I'm. I, I, if you're saying some dude couldn't hear that song and go, "That's a hit," no, oh, yeah, I get, yeah, I get, you're wrong because right, yeah, it was. Yeah, I guess it didn't fucking. I'm thinking in my head like, you know, some A and R is gonna be like, "That's not real music," but they don't give a fuck. No, it's about trends. Yeah. So they're like, uh, white guys rapping. Okay, there's Apparently. a there's some horn in the background. Okay, cool. But only when they get horny. Ah, it all makes sense now. Full circle. <laughs> Dude, it actually <sighs> took me a really long time to make that connection. Yeah, I, I didn't. I'm this, oh, you did. I, I'm, this, I, I'm this many years old when I found out that that's the connection to the horns. Wow. Uh, Amazing. Quick shout out, actually, if you're interested in um, One Hit Wonders and the history of One Hit Wonders. Uh, there's a really good pretty funny entertaining youtube channel that i know i've shown you before todd in the shadows yes that goes over exactly that one hit wonders and uh a few other things as well but yeah check check him out if uh you're interested in the same thing so their genre is (laughs) i'm still i'm still on it alternative rock comedy rock alternative hip-hop electronica punk rock rap rock rap core rap core is that like hardcore rap and they've got a bunch a a bunch of former band members oh this guy actually has a fucking (laughs) he actually has a oh yeah that's the the lead singer obviously Jimmy Pop Jared Hassel oh is that no oh no that's his stage name who'd you think it was Hasselhoff's son oh David Hasselhoff but it's not it's, it's just a stage name okay uh yeah there's this is stupid like look at like bubba k love foof foof skip a pot skip a pot skip a pot to must i hate him the most <laughs> lupus thunder okay he's coming in at second msg tardy tard spanky G. that's problematic tardy tard yeah, yeah. willie the new guy those were some of the band members. That's band in heavy quotes. Although this picture of them performing, they look like they look like three eleven. Yeah, they do. <laughs> They're definitely a ska band. Yeah, look at that. Hmm. That look at that face. Oh yeah, he's feeling it. Power. Anyway. I'm done with the Bloodhound game. Okay. I think we all are. <laughs> Just curious about stuff like that. Yeah. One hit wonders mm-hmm. and like where they come from. I don't really care where they go. I mean, whatever. They're a one hit yeah. wonder. But I'm just curious as to how those things blow up in the first place. Mm-hmm. How we even get to this point. Excuse me. Because I know a lot of them, it's like a drastic change in direction for their music. They've been right. plugging away with like, I bet the Bloodhound Gang is probably like a, I'm, I'm go out on a limb here and say probably like a respectable punk band. Mm-hmm. And uh, just evolved you know, into this to make a big hit. And yeah, they probably, you know, they probably made that song and they were like, this is a joke record. Right. And then some exec it comes in while, and they're like, 
that's the song. They're like, right. no, dude, we were fucking around. Mm-hmm. This is it. And they're like, nah, 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 right. and they're like, that ain't it. This is the 90s. That's it. Yeah. They're going to make a funny video. Shit's going to be all over the world. And so it was. And so it was. But a lot of times, the rest of the album is nothing like that. Mm-hmm. And people buy it and go, what is this? <sighs> yes. I didn't sign up for this. Not like this. It's a weird question. Uh-huh. Have you ever listened to... Um, uh, ah, shit, now I'm spacing on his name. Um, Rick Rick Atsley's uh, the full album. Yeah, from uh, Never Gonna Give from, You Up. Yeah, uh, yeah. I actually have it on vinyl. You have it on vinyl? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why? It Did was, you find it at the Goodwill? It was absolutely a Goodwill <laughs> pickup for me. Yeah, no. It's, well, yeah, I mean, you can't you can't let that one absolutely go. Absolutely not. I have two. Uh, Rick Astley records. No, no, I do Will Smith albums just because they were at the Goodwill. And I was nice. like, ah, fuck it. Nice. I'll buy it. On vinyl? No, not on vinyl. Okay, I was going to say, holy CDs. shit. Yeah. Wild, Wild West. So you did listen to them all the way I through. Did. Oh, yeah. Or listen to it all the way through. Yeah. His his record's actually like, it's it's the hit. Mm-hmm. And then it's like eight other. There's two hits on it. Well, there, well the other one is like a clone of Never Gonna Give You Up. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah. Right? It's in the other... That's yeah, like similar to it. It's, I feel like the entire album's kind of samey, really. Well, that's kind of what I was getting at, is yeah. like, he's he's one example that I can think of where, like, the whole album was just that. him trying to recreate yeah. that. He knew he had fucking lightning in a bottle, and mm-hmm. he was like, holy shit, I gotta capture it again. Yeah. Couldn't couldn't get it back in that fucking bottle. Right. Man. That or he was just plugging away at the same thing over and over again, and just mm. one of them hit. Mm. Two of them hit. Maybe. Yeah, you know? maybe. He's like, oh, I got this one sound, and I can do that one pretty good, so yeah. let me just keep going at it. Yeah. And that was like, it. All the studio musicians are like, dude, can we can we do something else? No, this Anything is Anything else? This is the sound. This is, this is what we're doing. Right. This is the sound. Mm-hmm. And you're going to love it. You don't get it. <laughs> you don't get it. This is it. I mean, it worked for him. It was a you know moderate success in the eighties, and then it came full circle when it became a meme. Yeah, got more money off it. And we all know the history of that. There you go. Uh, let's see how many views it has. Oh man, it has to be a crazy it's number. I mean, the billions, right? Close to it, at least. I'd say so. Just based on memes alone. Yeah, just how many times it's been linked? Yeah, linked to Rick Roll. Four hundred sixty-five million. That is actually lower than I thought it was oh, going to yeah. be. Yeah. That is lower than. Well, you got to figure a lot of them were memes that just kind of took it, because it, it would start as another video and then turn into that, you know. Yeah, that's true. So, I'm guessing he doesn't get all of those views. Yeah, and then this guy has the official video title of Rick Rolled, and mm. he has almost a hundred million views. Okay. So you can add that to it. Surprised they didn't take that down. Yeah, he probably doesn't give a shit. Yeah, and it probably led to more purchases of the song too. Is this this is the other one, isn't it? That's right. Na, 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 na. That's it. Yeah. It's basically the same fucking. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> Found you. He's doing the same dance move. Oh yeah. This is all I got. <laughs> this is all I can do. One move. <laughs> do it till the end of time. You know, my question is though. For, like, baby boomers, people who grew up in the 50s, 60s. Obviously, there's tons of trash music that came out during that time. Yeah. Lots of disposable pop. But then there's also classics, bona fide classics that came out in that time. Mm-hmm. Do they look back as fondly at sort of the garbage bubblegum pop that we had in the 90s? Hmm. 
uh, in sort of that, the nostalgic way that we do. Because when I hear, you know, music from the 90s, even if it is stuff I would have scoffed at when I was a little kid because I was really moody, um, <laughs> uh, it, there's some kind of like, you know, I'm like, oh, that, that's nice. And like now I can fully accept and like feel okay and good listening to something like Backstreet Boys or In Sync, where it, it's kind of come full circle for me, where I'm like, that reminds me of when I was a little kid. Yeah. And it's no longer like embarrassing to me. Hmm. Whereas at the time, I was like, ah, this is trash. I want to hear more Limp Biscuit. <laughs> you know? Well, get me in that DMX. I wonder, oops, I wonder if, uh, if back then, if like songs. Maybe songs in. Be- I mean, do you mean like in the fifties and sixties, or in the nineties? Fifties and sixties. Sorry, okay. not not our time. Okay. I wonder if back then it was it was so hard to get on the radio that believe it or not, like the only things that were on the radio were good songs. Mm. I I feel like that has to be true to a certain degree, but at the same time, there were definitely like disposable like bubblegum pop yeah. songs that we don't look back at today fondly. Well. I mean, I can't even, I can't think of a song that I hear on like a classic station that I don't like, but they only play hits. Well, the, right, the cream rises to the top in right. that situation, but I've I've heard like uh, forgotten songs, using air quotes, yeah, uh, where it's just songs that, you know, were hits at the time, but don't translate to today. And yeah. They don't have that lasting quality about them. They have similar sounds to them, but they're like uh, childish or like just too sweet in a certain way, like yeah. too bubblegummy. I actually have a, a record that I found at Goodwill that's like, I don't know, 15 or like 12 hits from the 50s. Mm. And I'm like, all right, let me check it out. There has to be some good stuff on here. And there are some good tracks, but there's a few in between that's like, there's like a weird, like, strangely ethnic Spanish song, <laughs> like that they're clearly like going for this exotic, like, Oh, she was the chick from Spain, and let's use those little clackers that they have. You know, like like a, a very kitschy song is what I'm trying to say. Like, there's yeah. there's a lot of kitsch in the 50s mm-hmm. that we now don't look back at as like, oh, like that's a Sinatra song. Of course, that's timeless. You know, right? Stu- okay, stuff I, that yeah, people I, forget, I like te- teenage pop songs and stuff too. That's just kind of like, yeah, the, the, you the know, crooner songs that just don't last. Yeah. They were just all over the radio at the time, but now it's like you don't hear about you don't hear about stuff like that, right? And like they may be you know funny to go back and listen to, but you can objectively say that's not as good as a lot of the hits I've heard from this era, yeah, or the sixties, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Well, I guess we'd have to ask. I'm gonna oh, ask my dad. Man, you gotta. Cause he gotta talk he, to old people. He was all he was he was all over that shit. Yeah. Well, what's what's the uh, what's the what's the baby boomer era? Uh, I think it goes from the 50s to the early 70s. So my dad was born in 58. So okay, he yeah, be, right. He'd be too young, right? Or would he be right in the? I, I think he had to have been adults in the 50s or been born in the 50s. Okay, so I think uh, we may want to search this. Yeah, we may want to search because just you know. Off the top of my head, it feels like the baby boomer, boomer generation is generally considered from the 50s to usually the late 60s. I don't even want to say early 70s, but like late 60s. Uh-huh. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's what see. is it officially? 
<sighs> the baby boomers are the demographic cohort following the silent generation and preceding Generation X. There are varying timelines defining the start and end of this cohort. Demographers and researchers typically use birth years starting from the early to mid 40s Ooh. and ending anywhere from 1960 to 1964. Okay. So he for sure is a baby boomer, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, ending, ending anywhere from the 60s. Yeah. Yeah, to 64. 60s. So he's definitely a baby boomer. Yeah, yeah, so are my parents too. That's but why that, he's such an asshole. Just, <laughs> just at the very end of it though, because it's basically, from what I understand, even though, you know, we went to the, the, the brains at Wikipedia, um, <laughs> yeah. from what I understand, it, they're the baby boomers because they came after World War II. Right, right, because everybody they, came home, and they had sex, a bunch. Had yeah. their, you know, white picket fence and family and dog and, and the boom. And they had a boom of babies. Everybody had like five, six kids, probably more. Right. And that's that's where the boom that's why their generation's so big. Yeah. So um Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, right. So many of them. Right. It's a good thing they're dying out. Except for my Oof, dad. Yikes. The rest of them I'm good. Doctor Dupa, I'm so sorry. I'm good with the rest of them, but not yeah. my dad. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> he's an asshole, but he's my asshole. Yeah. Well, that's a strange <laughs> turn of phrase, Marco. That makes it weirder. Your dad's your asshole. He's my asshole. <laughs> he's my asshole. He shits for me. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, yeah, I mean, my dad. He he. You know, he'll put on like the oldie station and like some of the stuff I appreciate and some mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's like you can't you can't fill up one of those like 50, 60 stations without running into at least some sweet bubblegum bullshit. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's also part of the era, too. You know, that's part of the sound is the, yeah. you know, what you, you imagine happy days being, you know? Yeah. Go, yeah. go to the soda joint and have somebody roller skate out to your car. Happy days. Call you the N-word. Happy days. Call you the N-word. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Yikes. Real good time for some people. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, I don't know. Like, It's just kind of funny to think about, does every generation sort of have that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then the people after them, the people who are around in more of the 80s. Well, I, they I, definitely do. I feel, like, I feel like I don't have somebody in that age range that I'm close with because most of my parents and aunts and uncles are... How many parents do you got? Most of most of them. <laughs> okay, what I meant to say is my parents uh-huh. and most of my other family, yeah. um, are, are generally in the sort of that baby boomer area, mm. and if not just after. So, my brother is like a '90s guy, essentially. Yeah, we call him Bill Nye, the '90s guy. Yeah, that's um, what he's called. Yeah, that's what he is on my phone. Perfect. Um, he's just asshole for me. Um, <laughs> he's the big swole. He's the big swole. Um, yeah. So he's a little bit after that era. So I don't really have anybody that was kind of an adult. Yeah. In the eighties, but still young enough to like really get the most out of them. Right. Because yeah. my well, parents yeah, I mean, we're, were, yeah, we're like right in the same in their like yeah. mid thirties at that point, right? You know, by the eighties, by the eighties, yeah. give or take. Probably had, you know, they definitely had your brother. Oh yeah, for sure. And I was born in '88, so yeah. by the time they were ending, I was already in there. And my brother was born in 1980, yeah. so, so the entire old. the entire time he was around. He's born. He's 38. Yeah. Holy shit. I know. Old as hell. God, he's gonna be fuck. 
fucking 40 minutes. I know. That's why he works out so much. He's, yeah, he's got to maintain. He's not going to beat Father Time. Mm-mm. I'm going to be the laughing the entire way yeah. as so I we, see him crumble. We got to get on that level. Just, just So kidding. that we don't just hit 40 and have to play catch up. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't want to be that old dude who's trying to like... You know, I don't want to go on this weight loss journey yeah. in my fifties. Like I've just been this fat my whole life, <laughs> and I finally decided to turn it around. Well, if you turned it around, then you wouldn't be sounding like Alfred Hitchcock. That's what I'm saying. All right, <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want that. Yeah. I don't want to be that guy. Okay. Uh, but yeah, we're in the same situation. My eldest brother, he's thirty. Was he thirty three, thirty four? Uh huh. So yeah, he was even younger, and so he's definitely a nineties kid. Right. I mean, all of us, all of my, all of my siblings were all '90s kids. Yeah. Even like Lottie's my younger sister. But she's only tw- two years younger. than Right. Me, so. Yeah. She still grew up with the same shit. Yeah. And we put her on to. We didn't let her. Well, she had a collection of some some shit. Mm-hmm. She had, she had like the obligatory, ninety eight degrees, Backstreet Boys, and sing oh, Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears. Yeah. And then, and then one day she came home with a fucking red hot chili pepper CD, and I was like, "Where'd you get that?" Why? <laughs> and did that's you where it that? all began. Now I tried to put her on as much like early '90s hip hop as possible, mm-hmm. give her that nice foundation. Yeah, that was my brother and my cousin for me. Yeah, taught me the ways of the Wu Tang Clan, <laughs> the skill of Shaolin, mm. the special technique of shadow boxing. <laughs> I let you try my Wu Tang style. <clears throat> I was actually listening to uh, Only Built for Cuban Links today at work. Nice. All the way through. Because you can. Because it's perfect. It's uh, other, I'd say other than Illmatic, I listened to that album the most in high school. Really? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Nearly every day. It's just so good. Yeah. I mean, I, I when I was doing my deep dive into all things hip-hop, Mm-hmm. Obviously, that one—that's one that comes up. Yeah. Every time they talk about classic albums, mm-hmm. only built for Cuban links is. I mean, yeah. it's up there. Often, often cited as top five, if not top three, Wu Tang albums of all time. Yeah, yeah. I've seen people solo say projects, it's the best. especially. Yeah. I've seen people say it's the best solo uh-huh. project. It's 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 between that Liquid Swords, and maybe Supreme Clientele. I was gonna say Supreme Clientele. Yeah. Um, my vote's actually for Supreme Clientele, for mm-hmm. the record, mm-hmm. just because it's just, it's so good. But what it's, about Takao? Uh, what about Takao? Takao's amazing, too. It is good, but I think what, I think Takao, Takao is just a continuation of Enter the 36, right? It's got the same vibe, same, mm-hmm. like, Method Man stood out from... I feel like it's darker, though. Yeah, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that, for sure. Yeah. I think... Excuse me. The themes he explores and the sound. Oh, even the sound. The entire soundscape of that's like well, yeah. apocalyptic. Yeah, I like. I, and throughout like his early career, that's what he did. Mm-hmm. Very, very dark. Very apocalyptic. Oh, Judgment very, Day too. Yeah, yeah. The, exactly. Obviously. <laughs> but I think like if you're talking, if you're comparing those three, like or four, mm-hmm. Liquid Swords. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. All right. I think Liquid Swords. Don't say it. Man. Don't do it. Please don't do it. I got the box set with the with the chessboard. Listen, I I love the album. Uh huh. Okay. Let me just preface this with saying that I I love Jizza. Uh huh. I love Liquid Swords. I have a black friend. <laughs> I've got one uh-huh. black friend, and he'll be back in a couple days. Um, 
I just think it's a tad bit overrated. Oh, boy. Just a little bit, okay? Just a little uh, bit. Now, hear me out. Hear me out. We're talking about all of the records that came, all of the debut records from every member, mm-hmm. right? Well, all the members that, like, mean anything. Right. Like, RZA, his album's all right. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about Tikal. Yeah. Only built for Cuban links. Mm-hmm. Iron Man. Yeah. Uh, re-enter the 36. Yeah. Uh, ODB's record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of then, and and Liquid Swords. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, definitely better than Tikal and Re-enter. Uh huh. And probably better than Iron Man. Well, on a on a production level alone, I feel like what you said about Tikal, I feel is true of Liquid Swords mm. more than any other. Is that it's a continuation of Enter. Yeah. 36 chambers yeah because i feel like it's it, it really is that like it's just literally like almost like a, a palette swap of the same sounds yeah just with a focus on jizza this time yeah. around have you ever listened to uh grandmasters grandmasters uh, is a, a, a collaborative record between uh jizza and dj mug yes yes it was a like white cover yes yeah i i got that one in high school too i think mm-hmm. actually and i i yeah, I got really into that one. Yeah, I I uh, I just bought it on a whim because I mean, just look the cover looks mm-hmm. dope and the album is called Grandmasters. It's like yeah, cool. It's just cool. Yeah, and it turned like that's that is an incredible record. Yeah, it's great. That no one talks about. Mm-hmm. Like every couple of songs, there's like these uh, interludes about um, chess and, yeah. and how to play it better and like. And then and a bunch of the songs are based on chess moves. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing is a chess game. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Jizza is a genius. Mm-hmm. He is a genius. Yep. Like I said, I don't think Liquid Sword... Liquid, I'm not saying it's not a classic. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that I don't think that it is a debate that it's the best solo Wu-Tang record. And I see that a lot. Like, it's debatable. Yeah. And oh, yeah, I don't yeah. think it is a debate... I think it's between Supreme Clientele and Only Built for Cuban Links. I think mm-hmm. that's the only conversation, in my opinion, that needs to be had when mm-hmm. it comes to solo Wu-Tang records. Yeah. Well, and I, I feel like Only Built for Cuban Links gets kind of a leg up, almost unfairly, because it's not really a solo album. It's a yeah. It's a pair. It's, it's cheating. Yeah, it's, it's a group, for technically. Sure it's cheating. You know? Pretty much every member of the clan is on And not album. only that, because I feel like that's true for most of the first outings of all their solo records. True, but but Iron Man is the same thing as only built for Cuban Links. It's like, yeah, Raekwon's on almost all of it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I don't know. Just it, it came together better and more thematically. I feel on Cuban Links yeah. than Iron Man. But whose fault is that though? Is it Raekwon? Is he the reason that everything comes together so perfectly on that <laughs> record? Do you think it's like? Uh, 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 RZA was just he was just still so red hot at the point at that time that he was just like everything I touch is Midas or I am Midas everything's gold so like right. whatever everything I'm, I touch is Midas <laughs> and everything Midas touches is gold that's how powerful I am that's actually probably more apt honestly right is like right. yeah I, I honestly I, I think that it's I think it goes from the top down so I feel like RZA was so like red hot going into Cuban links. And I feel like there was a, a general thought behind it uh, thematically too, as far as, cause that, I mean that album got me into the Chow Yun fat movies 
uh the killer uh-huh. uh and stuff like that because just because of the samples they took from it and i was yeah. like this sounds awesome let yeah. me look into it and that only made me like it more so <clears throat> i feel like on the production level samples aside like it's it's just so solid all the way through yeah it has a uh an overall sound that's cohesive everyone brings their a game uh-huh. there's like some top tier classic hip-hop on that uh-huh and yeah i mean i feel like it's i mean definitely in contention for the the best solo yeah no question in yeah. my book yeah i would say uh that i think i think supreme clientele takes it just because it's it's like watching a really good black exploitation movie mm-hmm. like he ghostface it's kind of feel about fish scale too yeah no, mm-hmm. the, I, I years I mean, later. Ghostface is one of my favorite rappers ever. Yeah. I mean, like I, I, I. There's a couple of guys who like if you, if you're a real student of hip hop, and you listen to my stuff, I there's a couple of guys who I'm just blatantly ripping off. Mm-hmm. Fonte from Lil Brother, Jay Electronica, Ghostface Killer, and Most Def. Just blatantly, just copying. <laughs> <laughs> this is an admission of guilt. I just, I got try to mix them all together to make something that's original, an amalgam of all of my influences. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when I listen to it, I'm like, oh man, if if somebody was in my head at the time, they'd go, well, you just ripped that verse off from this guy uh-huh. like yeah i did i heard that <laughs> thing and i was like i want to write something like that and i did now let's let's define what ripoff means do you mean as in like a cadence do you mean as just a uh, general influence as far as like wordplay uh, I, I would say with the uh, like, you're not stealing lyrics no no like, no, no, no no that's no. a step too far that's a cardinal sin i would never right. take any lyrics unless the lyric was put in there purposefully as an homage yes exactly or, it, it, or as the rappers say homage yeah and homage mm-hmm. <laughs> i pay homage mm-hmm. uh anytime i take a lyric it's it's blatant i right. never try to like smooth one in there as if right. like people don't know i'm taking oh, that's like, mine yeah. they're always yeah they're always like it's always in like a chorus or it ends mm. a verse or something where you know like oh yeah he's or you imitate the the rapper they they i imitate their cadence or right. something like that so they know like yeah, I, I know what you know mm-hmm. that I know that I know that you know. Right, it's yeah. intentional. I never try to do that on on, on purpose. But when I say rip off, I mean like uh, like an overall feel. When I listen to a song or an album or something like mm-hmm. what, how that makes me feel and how I want people to feel when they listen to my record. Right. Uh, I've I've ripped off Fonte's wordplay, not okay. his lyrics, but like his rhyme schemes. I think are so weird and yet they work on a level that i think like people don't really understand mm-hmm. i think his 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 rhyme schemes the way he'll 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 do like this a b a b thing and then he'll and then he'll rhyme something and then he'll have like four internal rhymes and then bring back that rhyme from four bars ago uh-huh. and it's just like this like it's like a comedian doing a callback uh-huh it's just so genius to right. say Oh no no no! We're not done with that. Right, I'm, I'm bringing Bring that it back. back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's just, I, and I don't hear a lot of guys doing it. Uh-huh. And I, I definitely, you'll hear that. I definitely rip that off because mm-hmm. it's just such 
a cool way with words mm-hmm. to like have that care and time and energy to go. Now I'm gonna bring that one back though, because right. I've still got more to say on that subject, or I've still like it. You know, it's all about rhythm and flow and making it sound the best that it can. Mm-hmm. And something like that, it's it's like an earworm. You know, yeah. like you 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 hear it and it's like, ooh, that's well, and cool. I I feel like even if you're not paying that much attention to it, it, it in a subliminal way feels good mm-hmm. you know it's like a yes. shakespearean thing where like it, you you just you feel the the iambic pentameter of it yes. you know like yes it's exactly a, you you don't you may not be able to explain that to people right but you feel it everybody feels mm-hmm. it on a level right and i think that's super genius uh but yeah to get to get back to because i was fucking about nerd <laughs> nerd was ripping off Ghostface from like yeah Supreme Clientele like he made up his own slang and like he created this whole character and like it's just it's just it's its own thing it's so fully realized yeah that like I just the people just don't do that anymore something that's just it wasn't just the record I mean it was his, his entire steez around that whole time frame where mm-hmm. he's wearing like the cool robes mm-hmm. and like the massive gauntlet. jewelry yeah the big eagle gauntlet <laughs> yeah. and stuff like everything about that was just it, it was it, it it had I mean it was obviously done by it was like a natural cohesive thing where he was just like yo I'ma just wear this shit mm-hmm. and it's gonna be fly god they gonna love this shit mm-hmm. I'ma I'm I'm die to Wally's and it's gonna be crazy Yeah, but like I don't think he's thinking about it in that way but it just works so well Yeah, that it's like this 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 whole thing it's not just an album it's a whole that's a time stamp yeah. of what he was doing then right and that's the thing like I think it works thematically as like almost a, a, a to make him a character of some sort yeah like almost in a like a professional wrestling kind yes, of way. Yes, exactly. Make him larger than life, and I don't exactly. think that was his intent. I think that was just him being him. Yeah. And which which is funny because it's like, don't really have control over that. It's just who he is as a right. person. That's how he's feeling at the time. That's why he decided to do. But it's it's uh, satisfying as a consumer yeah. of of that art. Yeah. To to see that. Because it, it it makes it easier for you to like identify with it and makes it more interesting. Yeah. To, to watch because I feel like you know like Jizza obviously like he's not as over the top no you know more subdued kind of dude mm-hmm. you're in it more, mostly for the wordplay and you know just to see the big the big words basically that he can rhyme with yeah essentially on top of the rhyme patterns and stuff like that but it's different with Ghostface because it's more of a show yeah well you know I think that's part of like one of the reasons where why uh, Ghostface has outlasted a lot of them is like mm-hmm. there's so many facets to him versus Jizza's like if Jizza if his if his lyrics falter in any way shape or form it's like okay the show's over right because that's what he brings to the table yeah is supreme lyricism mm-hmm. and Ghost- I mean backed by RZA too like that production yeah, well, yeah, back in the lose, day was yeah you lose that you lose a lot fantastic and I, I think that Ghostface also had the good sense to get in with a lot of good producers too yeah, yeah. so you know a He's lot of smart his... enough to stay relevant basically for yeah. a while oh yeah yeah yep but to do something also kind of weird like fish scale fish scale is another one mm-hmm. where like it's another you know i think it's i think it's maybe four or five songs too long mm-hmm. but otherwise i mean it's the high moments on that album are some of the highest 
in hip hop. Yeah. Like some of the some of the stuff on there is just so fucking good that yep. I, I I can't I can't it's, just, it's so good. Fish scale is so good in some mo- in mm. in a lot of moments. Jay Dilla production, right? What more can you ask you, for? I mean, you you can't. I mean, that's it. Yep. Ghostface on a Jay Dilla beat. High what, watermark. What are you asking for? Because that's it. That's hip hop, right? If there. If you don't like it, you don't like rap, right? Sorry. Just get out. We can't even have a conversation. Yeah. You know. Uh. <clears throat> so yeah, it's just it's 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 amazing. It's amazing some stuff that. Uh. But. To kind of go back to the um, uh, the whole stealing of the lyrics and cadences and, and, and uh, wordplay and stuff, mm-hmm. um, uh, it's not the best segue. Let's try that again. <laughs> <laughs> Shifting gears. Speaking of plagiarism. There it is. <laughs> Dug it out of there. It's in there. We got it. Uh, this whole thing with IGN. Uh-huh. Has been pretty interesting. Oh, to watch. it's blown up. Yeah, it has, right? It's just been a week, and it's blown up. And it's been everywhere. Yeah. As far as like like video game coverage has been concerned, well, I mean because IGN's so big. Oh, they're huge. Yeah. They're, they are like the biggest website of, for video games and right? entertainment. They, right. They period. Gotta be, right. Period. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Period. So it's not hyperbole to say pe- that for people who are not in the know, uh, an editor, not just some fucking guy some blogger or just some like reviewer an editor at ign was uh found out to have plagiarized a review from a youtuber um Mm -hmm. i forgot the youtuber's name um but (laughs) that's not really all that relevant you'll find out in a second why um so he his name's philip mewson is the the name of the editor yeah who actually started as a youtuber that's that's ironic. irony. <laughs> yeah. So he he gets found out to have have ripped off this this uh, review from mm-hmm. this YouTuber. He worked closely. Uh, I think he was actually in the uh, IGN's department for Nintendo in yeah. particular, covering uh, a lot of stuff for the Switch. Uh-huh. So he's done a lot of reviews for them. Yeah. And so and the uh, the YouTuber he ripped off for somebody from Nintendo Life. So another person who was dedicated to just not just Nintendo, but mostly Nintendo, right? Am I wrong? The YouTuber, um, I think, was just a, <clears throat> a, a a part of a YouTube channel. Uh, it was called Nintendo Life. I, I don't think it was Nintendo Life. No? I think it was a different uh, channel that was more broad oh. for video games in general. I remember seeing that in an article. Uh, yeah, I'll look it up. Okay. Yeah. Why you do that? Uh, so he got found out to have plagiarized this review. Uh, a couple of times. Ugh, excuse me. That fucking stout, baby. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. So, they find this out, and at first, everyone's like, that's awful, uh, but we know this guy, and, you know, he's a good dude, and, you know, they scrubbed the site of that review but it kind of seemed like they were like, you know, we're we're super disappointed in Phil. Um, we'll see where we go from here, right? Yeah. So then they do an investigation, and they find out that Phil has been a bad boy, and he's plagiarized dozens and dozens of his reviews to the point that they scrub their site of everything Philip related. What is his last name? Mewson. Mewson. 
everything Philip Mewson related, they have removed from IGN. Because at this point, they don't know what's plagiarized and what's not. Oh, yeah, because... Uh, okay, so... Philip Mewson also went back to his YouTube channel after he ah, was yes, fired. Response. Yes. After he was fired from IGN and uh, decided to respond with what I can only describe as a half-hearted apology. Yeah. Um, and, then he, and then he attacked some guy from Kotaku, right? Or Polygon? Uh, Polygon. It's uh, this guy named Jason Schreier. Uh-huh. He's a very good writer. <laughs> he, ended up, I, I, he actually wrote a book about uh, video games. And one, one of the sort of, um, I guess, more respected overall of the video game journalists uh, in the world. So he, he went out of his way to, to a- attack Jason Schreier, saying yeah. that, uh, you know, if, if you find anything else, go ahead and tell me. The fucking balls. The balls. The brass... I'm, I'm sorry, it was uh, Kotaku, not Polygon. Okay. Just to, you know, reiterate here. The fucking massive, engorged, watermelon-sized Try balls. me. <laughs> Knowing. <laughs> that he plagiarized that many reviews. For him to challenge someone to find it, the fucking nutsack on this dude is almost... Almost admirable. If he wasn't such a piece of shit, it's almost admirable <laughs> that a guy would it. have those. He almost got away with it. <laughs> I, I can't even. I can't. I can't even wrap my head around why anybody. It's like, yeah, I might have stolen that diamond, but I haven't stolen anything else. And I dare you. I dare you to search my apartment for more money. I fucking dare you. <laughs> I dare you. Like, are you out of your fucking mind? You would want to fucking bury your head in the sand and act like nothing's going on. Or at least apologize. In a sincere way. Right, because what what his apology, other than the, you know, (laughs) challenge. The challenge. The challenge. He challenged him. The outright challenge to this respected journalist who actually writes their own shit. Oh, God. Was to basically say, like... I wish the YouTuber well, and uh, <laughs> yeah. you know I, I hope that you guys uh, continue to follow me on my YouTube channel as I as I explore new uh, adventures. Yeah, it got so much of a negative uh, review essentially from everybody. It got fucking thumbs down like none other. Yeah, the ratio on that video is oh my pretty goodness, insane. Uh, so much so that he ended up deleting it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, really so this call. is a, a little excerpt from a, actually a Jason Schreier article. Yeah. Um, it goes as follows. The lengthy list of allegations against Mewson now includes a Bayonetta 2 review that drew from Polygon, a video that took word for word from a NeoGAF post, and a number of videos in which Mewson read excerpts from Wikipedia <laughs> about topics like Super Mario Odyssey and Shantae Half-Genie Hero as if he had written them. The list even includes an Octopath Traveler article that copied from one of his own IGN colleagues' reviews, wow. which are much to that writer's dismay, and there's a link to it. Apparently, the guy got on Twitter and you know gave yeah. him a piece of his mind. Mm. Uh, tipsters have pointed me to dozens of instances in which Mewson took directly from other sources, some of which are rounded up here. So 
if anybody's interested, uh, check out the Kotaku article titled IGN Pulls Ex-Editors Post After Dozens More Plagiarism Accusations Surface. And there's a, there's a direct link to a full, full post that links out to direct <laughs> comparisons of his work compared to the people who he stole it from. Yeah. I see that the, one of the things that I saw on Twitter before it broke that he had um, stolen from a bunch of people was a lot of people saying like, okay, we found him out. He apologized. Can we move on? And then other people were going yeah. like, no, we can't move on because like we need to make sure that, or first of all, if you look at his, his uh, apology, quote unquote, it doesn't seem like he really understood what he did wrong. And we need to know, we need to make sure that this isn't the only instance. And lo and behold, it wasn't, you no. know? No. And so it's just, it's just like a, it's a lesson in holding someone's feet to the fire until you find out everything. You know? Right, and, and it's not like he came out and admitted and was like, "Listen, my entire time I was in over my head. You know, I've I've been doing this for a long time. I apologize to everybody I've hurt. This is a you know like going maybe uh, privately and saying, listen, everybody at IGN, I'm so sorry for what happened. Yeah, this is a list of everything I've written that I know that I've done this method of quote unquote writing for. He probably, he probably lost track. It seems like it. It, it seems like it was like it, yeah. a lot of stuff to the point where he was just like. I think he got comfortable and was like, fuck it. This is easy. Yeah. Who's going to, I'll just let somebody else write it for me. I'll take bits and pieces from each place. I'll splice it together. Boom, yeah. you got your review. There's a, there's a little excerpt from somebody who works at IGN that I, I, I follow on Twitter, Brian Altano. Uh-huh. Uh, he's, he's been on tons of podcasts. He, he's on a few. He's been on this podcast. No, yes. He's been on this <clears throat> podcast. Uh, just kidding. Um, call, call us if you want to be part of if it. If you want to be a part of those. Um, we'll but, give you the floor and talk uh, for hours. <laughs> On his Twitter, he actually pointed out something interesting that I hadn't even thought of, but, you know, it's actually kind of important to say, which is, uh, and I quote, For the record, most video game websites don't really have practices in place to stop plagiarism because hiring people who love to write and talk about video games from their own personal perspectives is the whole fucking point. Millions of people consume IGN's content every month, and many of them would kill to get paid to talk about video games for a living. It's not like in high school where you have three days to write about a book you have no interest in and you half ass some book report so you can pass some pass and get on with your life. It's a video game. We hire you because you say you love them and you love to talk about them because why wouldn't you? That's the, that is why you applied to begin with, which yeah, like that makes right. perfect sense. Why, if you're interested in video games, why wouldn't you be able to play a game and give your opinion on it? Yeah. I mean, it makes no sense. It, it it is interesting to wonder how he got to this point, wherein he was so inundated, apparently, with with deadlines and with information and with 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 stuff that he had to get done that he couldn't even come up with original thoughts anymore. Right, because he was so busy with other shit, and it's like, but this is your life, man. What else are you doing? Right. You know, it's like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm genuinely curious in, in uh, you know, hey, it sucks. But at the same time, it's like, look, I'm, I was many things as a high school student. Um, one of them, uh, not a very good high school student. <laughs> but one thing, I, one thing I can, I can say without a shadow of doubt is I didn't, I never 
I copied people's work. That's that's definitely <laughs> oh, so you, that's one hundred. You definitely plagiarized. Yeah, you know, I definitely cheated. Right. But when it came to like original thoughts, like writing essays and things like that, never took that stuff because I always felt like these are my thoughts, you know. And like even even with like I was terrible at citing sources, for instance, because I hated that shit. I was like, because I always thought <clears throat> this is my opinion. Why do I need to back right. this up with with evidence? Like this is how I feel about this thing, right? That's how I always. That's the position that I always wrote from, which is stupid, I guess. But <laughs> well, um, uh, well, that's that's actually something that I've uh, I want to highlight within the story is that as a writer, like obviously your your thoughts are important. Your opinion on stuff is important because that's really what ends up on the page, yeah, essentially. But at the same time. Uh, Taking somebody else's work uh, in order to inform your opinion and not citing that as a source is still plagiarism. Yeah. So, you know, for every aspiring writer or, you know, blogger or whatever, if, if you get information from anywhere that you, that has informed you in a certain way that you're able to have a more informed opinion about something, mm-hmm. somebody worked to get that information to you. Yeah. That was somebody's work. So it's your responsibility as a fellow writer or a fellow aspiring writer to credit that. Yeah. You have to do it. It's, it's part of the gig. You know, like if, if, if you get information from somewhere, you have to say where that source is from because that's somebody's blood, sweat and tears. And you know how that feels because you've put your own opinion out and hopefully your opinion gets, you know, so popular or so big that you're, uh, or is, is found so important that people end up finding you as a source of information eventually or or inspiration or whatever it is. And then you hope that they do the same for you. It's an entire cycle. So you can't just take stuff because it's, it may may be well known to people, but if you found it from somewhere, it's your responsibility to cite that. Yeah. Well, it's definitely a golden rule kind of thing. Yeah. You know, because I doubt that Philip would, you know, I doubt that he would appreciate somebody taking his shit if he he was just scrolling through Kotaku one day and saw his exact words on their website. Right, he'd be fucking pissed, or maybe he wouldn't be because he knows that he fucking stole everything that he's written. But so. it doesn't seem like he knows. It doesn't seem like he knows what he did was wrong, and maybe it's because he didn't. Like I don't know the guy, obviously, but like maybe he didn't go to journalism school. Maybe he didn't understand that that is a rule. I would be genuinely fascinated and amazed if he had no schooling and made it to editor on on just the fucking work. Because it seems like he didn't do a lot of fucking work. <laughs> Apparently he didn't. It seems like a lot of the work he did was Googling and stealing. Right. Which is a lot of the legwork. It's a lot of the... A lot of the work part of it, because uh, the the fun part of it is giving your opinion, which he didn't even seem to do. <laughs> right. So it's like, what are you doing? Why are you doing what, what this? What are you doing? Is this a is this just a like you know way to get by? Yeah. Is this a part time gig for you? Is this just right. money? Is this just paying the bills? Which is real exactly and- funny enough. What I think happened is that like this guy just got lucky and he made yeah. it through. Uh, when there's people you know chomping at the bit to try to get his position, who are Willing to put in the work, yeah. w- willing to put in the real work, yeah. And he just slid on through. He just got by, and it's, it's bound to happen eventually, right? When you're the biggest website of the thing that you do, yeah. 
somebody bound to get in. It's unfortunate that he was allowed in for so long and uh, allowed to make, uh, I guess, cause so much trouble, I should say, for the website because now their name's tarnished. Oh, yeah. Now people are coming for them saying, like, how can we trust your opinion when it seems yeah, like you uh, your hiring here. practices are so lax that, you know, you hire some schmuck that will just copy people's work. Schmuck is a good word. Yeah, you like to use it. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, I think IGN's reputation has been shot for a really long time, and this just adds to it. I know that they're like we stated before the one of the if not the biggest gaming website on the planet. But yeah, for sure, I still feel like I mean I I personally don't I don't even go to that website anymore. I used to go all the time, but now I'm like, eh. If you know, if the game looks cool, I'll Google it. And like, see what everybody's saying. Mm-hmm. IGN's not my number one source. It used to be the the. I would go yeah. to IGN, Kotaku, Polygon, and yeah. maybe Game Informer. Yep. Now I'm just like, eh. If I eh, y'all remember Game Pro though, Game Pro. Oof. Fucking Game Pro, man. Miss Game Pro. Huh? I miss Game Pro. <laughs> I thought you said this Game. Pro. This Game Pro. This fucking right game here. Pro, yeah. <laughs> fucking Game Pro. Um. Have you ever been caught cheating? Have you ever cheated? Not on a relationship, obviously. We're not getting that deep. <laughs> oh, God damn. Plagiarizing. Have um, you ever plagiarized something? No. In school or... or uh, no, I haven't, but I probably... Well, you know what? I'm not going to give myself that much leeway. I probably have without knowing that it was plagiarism. In, yeah, that happens. You know, in, in, in the same way of like I didn't, I didn't sort or I didn't... Uh, um, What's cite, the word? Cite, cite a source. Yeah. Right. I didn't cite a source correctly. I w- I've never been in journalism school. Yeah. I only know writing from creative writing classes and stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, if I'm ever, you know, in like a history class or something and like I, I find an interesting fact that I feel like most people know, mm-hmm. but I was just kind of oblivious to, I, was, I might just write it down and be like, yeah, you know, I already knew this from prior knowledge. Blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, s- stuff like if that. It, if it was that known, then you don't have to cite that, but. I guess, but still, the fact of the matter is, like, okay, for instance, like, now, a lot of my job is writing blogs for companies on information, or not information, but on topics that I'm not completely uh, fluent on, but if I'm getting, if I'm getting, like, um, inspiration for a, a, a blog, stylistically, especially, if it's, like, okay, this is a really good way of formatting this, for instance, like, I'll always cite that at the yeah. end and be like this information was pulled from this site yeah. check it out for more information yeah. and i'll just I'll, I'll sort of act more as like a um um a curator yeah you know i'll i'll, I'll take the the heart of that article boil it down to its most uh important facts and send it out and yeah. if you want more information go to the guy that i went to yeah you know I feel I don't feel bad about doing that. Yeah, I feel like that's okay. That seems professional, right? So the way to go about it. But yeah, I mean that's that's really the only way to be able to sleep at night because if I'm just <laughs> blatantly like stealing people's shit and yeah. copying and pasting and rewording things, and, and you're just racked with guilt. Correct. As a writer, as a creative. Have, have you have you ever cheated? Have you ever like uh, taken answers from a test? Have you ever cheated on a test? Have you ever um that, that you can remember high school. Junior high, yeah, probably. I think so. 
I think it was one of those like passing the paper. You see the the letters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's you know honestly that's more of a, a laziness thing because I know I could have gotten I could have studied more I could have oh, yeah, got that information. Yeah, it's never sure, a thing yeah. of like I'm too dumb to get this. Yeah. No, it's just like I didn't feel like doing it. Yeah. Definitely. There's always something of like uh, like when I take when I used to take tests, I would I would get them done really quickly. Because I would just I would just fly through whatever I knew and yep. what I didn't I like people who have test anxiety I think um, they get super freaked out about test day yeah and then they forget a lot of information because their anxiety takes over and it pushes all that information yeah, from yeah. the forefront it's like stage fright right you forget your lines exactly. and you're like oh god and uh, I never got that I don't get stage fright and I don't get test anxiety either I know it or I don't. Right. So I would read in, I would read a question and be like, I don't fucking know that. Mm-hmm. And I would just move right along. Yeah. So the only things that I ever like plagiarized or stole or cheated on mm-hmm. was like answers where I was Girls. Like, you fucking <laughs> Girls. Yeah. We got it, Marco. Okay. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh-huh. Okay? Uh-huh. Fuck you and all the women that I've cheated on. None of them. <laughs> None of them. He said he, he thought. You thought he said all of the women. He said none of the women that I've cheated on. None there have of been the none. Women. There have been zero. 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 Zero women's. Zero. Uh, yeah. Okay. So that's that's the only thing I've ever probably plagiarized. Like I said, writing. I always took pride in my writing. Yeah. I always was like, no, I'm good at this. Mm-hmm. This is my voice. These are my words. And uh, I hated citing sources, mostly because the fucking format is stupid. It's, it's obnoxious. But it's it's dumb. I hate I hate citing sources. Yeah, it's fucking like I can I can tell you like look this is where I got this from I got this from this website from this dude, but like if you don't put it in the right format, yeah. they take off points. Mm-hmm. That drives me fucking crazy. Yeah, it's like what are you grading on? <laughs> What 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 is more important to you, the structure or the fact that like, I wrote this incredible essay? Not me personally. I mean, mm-hmm. I did. I wrote some incredible essays, no. but not me personally. But just for example, right. an incredible essay. Okay. Did you read that and you were like, "That's good and all," but you didn't cite it right, and and like the way that this is formatted, kind of trash. So. I'm going to give you a B instead of an A. I love your essay, though. Like, that is fucking crazy to me. Yeah, that sucks. And I, I, like, it's one of the reasons why I hate school so much. <laughs> the end. It's just uh, some of these arbitrary things that they gave a shit about. So fucking stupid. You know? Yeah. I, that's I, cool. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I do not envy kids. The only thing I envy about kids is the fact that, obviously, they don't, they no don't bills. have back pain. They don't. They don't have back pain. They don't have bills. They don't have concerns. I just want to tell any kid that's in high school, like, look, man, it's not that bad. What, what, all right. What's going on right now? Fucking cherish this shit. Don't ever forget it. So you you tell them it gets worse. <laughs> Life gets so much harder. Can you believe it? 
I know that that I know that your high school girlfriend cheated on you with Brett from the football team, and Brett's an asshole, and you're a nice guy, and you thought she was a good girl, but it turns out she's a fucking cunt. But let me tell you that <laughs> he goes, life- "Whoa!" <laughs> let me tell you, life gets a tad bit harder than that. You'll have a wife, and maybe that fucking cunt cheats on you. You oh, never Jesus. know. Oh God! Sorry, sorry. I think that's the bourbon barrel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've <laughs> we've gone down. We've we're in titty town at this point. We're definitely in titty town. But like really aggressive titty town. I don't like it. For sure, for sure, aggressive. It's like titty dirt town. road titty town. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of myself. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I got I got really angry for a second. So, uh, shit. anything else that we want to touch on before Uh, we get out of here no i think we're good (laughs) (laughs) i think we did it but all right kids um let's review this beer this brew is from the wire wirebacher brewing company Uh uh-huh it's the sunday morning stout it is a 12.7 ABV. If you didn't, if you couldn't tell, <laughs> if you didn't or couldn't if tell, you didn't or couldn't tell, but my third speech, oh God. my aggressive nature, yep, it'll get you drunk. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Yeah, I Bobby, liked it. What'd you think? I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, it. Uh, you definitely taste the alcohol. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um. It's like mean, a light mead. <laughs> kind of is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it has some uh, some whiffs of the uh, the bourbon that's probably still in that bottle. Um, that being said, I feel like the, the actual stout flavor was actually really good. I appreciated the stout uh, that accompanied the, the raw alcohol that yes. came with it. Yes. Um, very smooth. Um, you know, you got to like a stout. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. <laughs> You gotta like a stout. If, uh, if, if you're not, if you're kind of creeping around the stout style, yeah. you may not like this one. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, it has it has a pretty nice sweetness to it. It's it's pretty well balanced, other than the uh, overwhelming alcohol. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah, I mean, I liked it a lot, and uh, give it a score. It'll get you drunk, so I'm gonna give it a. Uh, Four point seven five. Four point seven five. Hmm. I was thinking four point five, mm-hmm. just on the dot, uh, because I agree with what you're saying. It it's definitely not for the faint of heart. No. You. This is not a. Lo- this is not a launching off point. This is for experienced stout drinkers only. Correct. Because you will drink this and go, "Are you fuck?" I, I dude. <laughs> I don't know how many times I've been out on a date with somebody. And they'll be like, oh, what'd you get? And I'll be like, well, I got this like super strong like imperial style. And they're like, mm. oh, let me taste. I'm like, okay. And they drink it and they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I didn't know you like motor oil. <laughs> you a psychopath. Why are you drinking this? Date is over. <laughs> I'm leaving. And I'm taking my... Anyway. Uh-huh. Um, Are you going to say kids? No. <laughs> I was going to go in a different direction. Yikes. Anyway. So, yes. You definitely want to be a fan of stouts at this point uh-huh. maybe start off with a lion stout uh maybe go with, start off with <laughs> go with guinness I'm, I'm, first I'm joking i'm joking go with a guinness <laughs> you know where to start guinness yeah. is the best starting off point Correct. because it's super weak yeah. and like from from what i understand and from what you tell me mm. uh you get it overseas and it's a different formula altogether. I, I would say even getting it on draft is different than getting it in the bottle right. or a can 
So if you get it, if you just buy it in the stores, you're getting you're getting a super weak version of a stout. Right. But I will say that it's a decent place to start. Correct. If you're like, I want to tippy toe into this. Gives world. you the little notes of what yeah. a stout tastes like. Exactly. I'd say after that, that, maybe like a left hand milk stout. Left hand milk stout. Um, maybe maybe uh, maybe a light porter. So you yeah. start get that, yeah, that, yeah. that dark but rich flavor. You start to get a palate for Even it. Even some brown ales, I'd say, brown are, ales, are pretty uh, good. Uh, uh, the uh, Cigar City Maduro. Maduro, very, yeah. Very, very good. Maduro vanilla, even. <laughs> Tell him. Tell me about it, son. Tell me about it. It's a good beer. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. So yeah. You've, you've, got some, you've got some steps before you get to, you know. You get the Wirebacher. <laughs> yeah. Because like the breakfast stouts and the ones that are you know uh, anything above ten ABV is gonna be right. uh, a doozy Rasputin. anyway. Yeah, the old Rasputin. Mm-hmm. That's that's championship level right yeah. there, son. You ain't ready for that. That's a good boy though. You ain't ready for that. Unless you're 180 episodes in, then maybe you are ready for that. Y'all ready for this? So 4.5 for myself, a 4.75 for Adam Obesius Rodriguez. This has been the One Baron Podcast from myself, the guy aforementioned. Adam Obesity's Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah, bruh. Thank you guys for listening. Drink delicious beer. Look us up. The One Beer In Podcast everywhere that everywhere. podcasts are listened to. And have a beautiful evening. We love you. Goodbye. Yeah.